0: Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello everyone, this is Suzanne knabe Nicole with the weekly police science snippets from Police Science Doctor. Police Science Doctor is the free online resource where law enforcement practitioners, academics, students, military operatives, anyone working in the field of law enforcement, military intelligence, anything like that, comes to find what research is actually relevant to them. This is all evidence-based. This has been tested by academics around the world and police practitioners who work with them. And when things are published, I go through them, scan through them and see what might be relevant to you. And if it might be relevant to you, I'll talk to you about it on a Tuesday. And I send them out as links to the subscribers of the Police Science Doctor email list, and that is free. So every Tuesday, you get them sent into your inbox, these three snippets, and you get the link to the original research. Some of you may not be able to access all the articles. That is beyond my control, I'm afraid. That's down to publishers and to your organizations that you may be be working for. But at least you'll see the abstract of the research, and the abstract should contain what the main findings are. And you can join the free email list if you want, and you can disjoin it and leave it whenever you want as well. Just Google police science and go to policesciencedoctor.com, and then leave your details in the form that pops up. Okay, so before I get to the snippets, because I want to make sure I don't forget, I just want to tell you again about the global EBP conference. It's the first time that the societies of evidence-based policing around the world are coming together to make this a joint project and it's not just any conference it's not just an online event that anyone can attend around the world who registered it's actually a 24-hour broadcast so they'll be in TV, tv studios i'll go to the side so you can still see me hang on where's my microphone i'll go i'll go to this side so you'll still be able to they are broadcasting for the first 12 hours from new Zealand. From a TV studio, they're having live guests, they're switching to other guests around the world, and then the next 12 hours will be broadcast from a TV studio in London at the Oval. Now, that means that for 24 hours, you've got this amazing event going on. And whatever your shift may be that day or that night, you can tune in and watch some of the content. If you don't match, I'm assuming you won't be able to watch something for the full 24 hours and actually stay awake and stay alert. But when you register, you get six months access afterwards as well. So for six, for a period of six months, you can go back and you can rewatch everything as many times as you want. You can sign up as an individual and you can sign up as an organization. I'm going to come back here now and I'm going to post this link into the comments. So wherever you are watching this, hopefully you'll see this link. If not, go to globalebconference.com. That's the website, ebpconference.com. And soon I'll be starting to post some uh, like trailers, like teaser trailers with some of the speakers on social media, just so you see what they're talking about. This is these are findings, things that have been tested and that have been shown to work. You know, what is what makes response more efficient? What makes investigation more efficient? How do you get more DA victims to work with you? How do you raise victim satisfaction? How do you raise police leg- legitimacy? All these findings that are really, really important. This is where you'll get them and you'll hear them from the actual people who did the research. So that much to the conference global and to the snippets now for today So the three snippets I found for today were first perception of roadside drug testing so that's when somebody is pulled over and it's not just a breath test to check if they've been drinking alcohol, but it's actually a test at the roadside to see if they've been if they're under the influence of drugs or if they've got a particular threshold of drugs in their system. And they did this research by asking illicit drug users who have been through some of these tests. And was found that illicit drug users had experienced inaccurate results. So some of them had just had recently consumed drugs, and they were they they were quite happy to find that they blew that they provided a negative sample, and um, and others felt that didn't they shouldn't have enough drugs in their system to actually warrant a positive result, but they still got a positive result. So there's there may be some more work that needs to be done with the precision of this. And also the apprehension certainty was low. And we know that if people think there's a low risk of being found out, it's a very, very low deterrent. So if we can make it a lot more likely that somebody will get found out, there will be more of a deterrent. So basically, because they don't think it's very very likely they'll, they'll be roadside tested and found to be positive, and also because they're not quite sure if even if they have taken drugs that the test will come up positive it's not much of a deterrent for this particular sample. And that may well be around the world as well. The second snippet for today is about the cognitive interview for suspects. I've talked before about the cognitive interview. It was originally developed as a system of interviewing witnesses in such a way that A, it helps them recount as much accurate information as possible. And B, you make sure that the, um, the investigator does not cloud their account in any way by asking the wrong questions and also see to reduce wrong information Now it has been tested for suspects as well and great news it actually seems to work So the cognitive interview for suspects is designed to allow for efficient reco- for efficient collection of correct information and to increase cognitive load on suspects who are deceitful so it makes th- it makes it more difficult for pe- for people who are lying to actually carry on lying. It has been tested against other interview methods and showed a benefit of the cognitive interview for suspects in terms of information gathering and misinformation effects compared to the two other interviews or the two other interview techniques. Moreover, it did not increase the risk of false confessions. That's also a big topic in suspect interviews. We need to make sure we don't entice or um, lead to false confessions in any way. And the third snippet for today is about body-worn video in critical incidents. So these are the cameras that officers have on their their person. Whilst body-worn video tends to have positive consequences in terms of officer and citizen behavior and evidence gathering, it may also have a negative impact on officer performance in critical incidents. It was found that camera monitoring during such incidents had complex and often deleterious effects on cognitive load of the officer, their stress arousal, and their performance, and during critical incidents, is, incident is when we really need the police to perform well. So, how do we weigh up the potential gain in evidence from the recording, to the potential decrease in performance? So, I think this probably needs to be investigated further. Is is this you know can we replicate these findings, and how do we weigh this up? Is it something that is maybe. That we find maybe because Body One video hasn't been around that long, or has it been around long enough for officers to get used to it? That's another question. You know, what is the time effect of this? But quite an important question, nonetheless. So these were the snippets for today. I hope there was something of use for you. Remember, if you are actually a subscriber to the email, to this police science doctor email and you get this sent to you, you also get access to the previous 90 weeks of snippets I've done. So that's 90 weeks times three snippets, a lot of snippets, about is it um, 270 snippets that uh, you should be able to access, all with the link to the original research. Okay, So there's definitely something of value to whatever field in policing or law enforcement you're working in. And I hope that you found this of value, and I'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page, you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.